Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And what's going on, No Nation? It's your guy, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Welcome to the Built for Playmakers YouTube channel where we talk FSU all day, every day. Hopefully, you guys are doing well. Hopefully, you are having a great new year. Hopefully, you're safe from the severe weather that's sweeping through the southeast. You know, here in North Carolina, we're getting a little bit of wind and uh, some rain and um, supposed to get worse uh, in the next few hours here. So hopefully you've already gone through the worst of it and, and came through um, safely. Um, but first of all, I want to thank you guys for uh, all of your thoughts and prayers uh, over the past week. I uh, mentioned you know, had a death in the family. So I uh, appreciate you guys uh, reaching out for that. And you probably hear my voice is still a little raspy, but I feel a whole lot better. Um, I tried to record last night and it just it just wasn't a good product and um, but I felt better this morning so I thought I would uh, give it a go uh, since it had been uh, nearly a week since uh, we last touched based uh, via video. But in this particular video, we're going to talk about some of the um, the puzzle pieces that Mike Neville has acquired and kind of some early expectations for 2024. I'm seeing a lot of way too early 2024 rankings and for whatever reason i'm seeing fsu rate rated lower than they probably should be um i saw one poll that had miami had fsu which is which is crazy considering that they don't even have a quarterback but um but yeah you know i mentioned uh, i did a video on um christmas eve and i talked about you know having patience in the portal i told you they were coming that the coaching staff had um, done most of their work um, after the Christmas holiday um, between their New Year's and with the uh, spring semester starting early January. And, you know, that's you know, that's what we've seen happen. You know, Marvin Jones Jr. started it all. And then once they got DJ Uangalale uh, in the fold, which I mentioned probably would get the ball rolling once they got him in the fold or, or either him or Cam Ward, whoever the quarterback, quarterback was going to be, excuse me, um, you know, we've seen that kind of come to fruition and FSU has added some really, really nice pieces uh, via the transfer portal. Um, and one thing you'll find that they're adding, aside from DJU, um, everybody else has multiple years of eligibility uh, thus far, which is uh, which helps with depth. You know, it helps with if you, you know, if you happen to miss on a particular area in your high school recruiting. And so that's why I really don't stress too much as far as whether they hit on certain guys in, in certain positions in high school recruiting. Uh, and that's another whole episode I'm going to do here relatively soon regarding transfer portal recruiting opposed to or compared to high school recruiting, I should say. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I'm really, really excited about what FSU is putting together so far. I mean, it's, it's almost like if you're playing Tetris and you just – just stacking those bad boys up together. And man, I, I, I see the vision of what they're trying to do. Um, and so, and also to paint the picture as far as why, why we shouldn't expect much of a drop off compared to uh, this past season. What I want you to do is think back to um, the summer fall of the 2022 season, right? So this is before they went 10 and three, um, I guess now you got to say year before last, which is, which is crazy to say. But if you remember, if you were, if you were a fan of the podcast 
back then, you know, I wasn't even on YouTube then. I was still just doing straight audio. Uh, a lot of people had FSU. A lot of you talking heads had, had FSU with seven wins, you know, talking about if Mark Novell was going to have a job and dead men walking and all that good stuff. I looked at the roster and I looked at the schedule. And a lot of this does depend on what the schedule is and, you know, those teams, what they do. Um, so I do pay quite a bit of attention to what those teams gain or lose. Uh, looking at all the, all the information, you know, I felt like FSU would win at least eight games, maybe nine games. Obviously, they, you know, far you know, surpassed those expectations and won 10 games in 2022. So think of it this way. The 2022 roster, 2022 roster, that sounds weird. Um, think of who we had, how unproven that roster was. I mean, there was just, it was talent, but it was a lot of unproven guys um, at a lot of different positions, right? Uh, so I think it's a testament to the coaching staff and their ability to get guys to, to buy into, you know, the team aspect of things and to ultimately become productive players, right? So um, I'm sharing my screen here just so that I can kind of, you know, not have to try to remember everybody off the top of my head. Um, I'm just going to give you some context as far as the 2022 team, and then we're going to compare that to what FSU will have, well, what they have thus far in 2024. Obviously, they're not done in the portal, so it's an unfinished product, but – I think we can kind of paint enough of a picture to give you an idea of you know, rough expectations uh, compared to 2022 so that you'll see that there's not going to be you know, that much of a drop off from this previous year. Um, as most rival fans are hoping and praying for. Right. Um, so going into the 2022 season, we had Jordan Travis, who, you know, he finished the final three games of 2021 strong. I wrote an article in Chop Chat talking about if he were to continue that trend, uh, how much that would impact the team, the offense. And, you know, obviously, you know, if you have great quarterback play, that, that helps hide a lot of uh, weaknesses you may have. And, and so, but going into 2022, you know, prior to Jordan Travis performing against LSU like he did, we really, I mean, we, we knew he, you know, he had some potential. We just didn't know you know, if you could consistently tap into it, right? So um, knowing that, knowing Trey Benson, you know, he was one of the most, man, oh, my goodness, nobody wanted him, no fans wanted him whenever he committed because of, uh, you know, the prior injury history. Um, you really didn't know what to expect from him at running back. We had Treshawn Ward, who had about 500 yards of, of rushing yards uh, the previous year in 2021, then you had uh, Lawrence Toy Philly, um, who was still relatively young, uh, kind of a gadget player at running back. And then at tight end, you had Cameron McDonald, Preston Daniels, and Marquise Douglas hadn't even uh, emerged yet into what he would have become at tight end. Then at offensive line, you know, you had a young Darius Washington, you had a young Marvie Smith, Robert Scott, uh, Dylan Gibbons. Uh, who returned, who was a big part of that. They got Dimitri Manuel uh, in the spring. Um, and um, uh, uh, Jason Turnantine came in the summer. 
Um, so a patchwork offensive line, you know, pretty much. And wide receiver, you had a lot of unproven guys. Johnny Wilson had 12, a high of 12 um, catches in the season uh, coming from Arizona State. Micah Pittman had battled injuries um, at his previous stop in Oregon. And, uh, you know, he was more proven as a punt returner than, than anything else. Uh, we had Ontario Wilson, Pokey Wilson. You know, he had done a little something-something um, the past couple of years. And uh, we got Winston Wright, who obviously didn't play because he got in a car accident. And we got um, Deuce Spann, who was really raw at wide receiver. Um, then we had Kentron um, Portier, uh, Darren Williamson, and some other guys. So not a whole lot of proven production at wide receiver. Uh, so when you think about that offense that season, though, I mean, Jordan Travis obviously you know, surpassed expectations. Trey Benson became a beast. After like the first five games where he ran really timid, uh, Trayshawn Ward, you know, did what he does. Uh, Lawrence O'Philly you know, kind of filled in nicely with his role. The offensive line, you know, they they um, they were serviceable. And you know, Cameron McDonald and Marquise and Douglas, you know, they were they were serviceable. Um, I'm forgetting about the other tight end that we had that he emerged. Um, he was a transfer from from somewhere, but um, he wasn't half bad either, especially as a blocker. Um, but think about that. Think about all of that unproven production of offense. Then on defense, we had going into the LSU game. Think about it this way: we had Jared Verse, who came from FCS Albany, uh, loads of potential, but we had no idea really if it would translate to the P five level. Patrick Payton was a redshirt freshman at DN, and you had Derek McClendon at DN, who was the most proven defensive end on the team, uh, and was you know really a, really a jag, you know, just another guy. And that's what we had at defensive end. At defensive tackle, we had Fabian Lovett, we had Robert Cooper, we had uh, Jared Jackson, we had Malcolm Ray, and I'm forgetting a couple guys, I think. Uh, we had Leonard, Leonard Warner, Dennis Briggs, and yeah, that's about it. Obviously, when Fabian Lovett went down with the injury, that you know severely impacted depth. Um, Joshua Farmer wasn't Joshua Farmer, the Joshua Farmer we have now. Daniel Lyons obviously was a freshman, you know, he was getting you know put into action way too early. Um, so you you didn't have a ton of a ton of depth uh, at you know on the defensive line, and you had a lot of unproven guys at defensive end. Um, then at linebacker, you had Tatum Bethune, who was newly um, in the fold from UCF from the transfer portal. Caden Deloach had just come off his best season as a linebacker in 2021. Um, obviously, those guys you know played um, much better at linebacker than uh, FSU had had in linebacker play in the previous few years. Um, and then we had, and then DJ Lundy also, he, he improved. Then you look at the secondary, Renardo Green had been injured his whole time at FSU, hadn't really done anything, moved from safety to cornerback. You had AZ Thomas who had a strong spring, but he was still a freshman. You had Jerry and Jones who had been hurt his whole time at FSU. And then you had Akeem Dent who had been hurt quite a bit. You had Shaheen Brown who was, you know, Pretty much uh, a red shirt freshman or a freshman. 
he was inexperienced, put it that way. And then you had other guys like, um, oh, man. Um, who else did we have? Sidney Williams, who was hurt quite a bit. Uh, so, you, I mean, you had some you had some guys, but you didn't have, you know, you didn't really have a, you know, a ton of just, you know, big-time players back there in the secondary. So think about it in a nutshell. You have a lot of improvement guys on the offense, a lot of improvement guys on the defense, and you managed to go 10-3, and three, and the three games you lost were against ranked teams, one of which you never should have lost. You never should have lost the NC State game. And those three losses were by a combined 18 points. Okay? Now, let's fast forward to 2024 and look at what we have coming in. We still have a few holes to fill, but let's look at, you know, kind of just a a 20,000 foot view of what we have. So obviously Jordan Travis is gone. We got DJU coming in. I think DJ can have a year comparable to what Jordan Travis had this past season, if not better. Um, I think he's going to be more willing to run the ball, um, going to have more success on the ground, especially in short yardage situations. The offense should be more efficient in that regard. Um, so quarterback, you should be good. Running back, I'm not even going to spend a whole lot of time on running back because Mike Novell has, I mean, he's found the ways to run the ball no matter who is at running back. So not going to spend a whole lot of time at running back, but you still have Lawrence O'Feely. You got Isaiah Holmes, who has been retained by the battles in. You got Cam Davis coming in, one of the top running backs in the country. You got Sam Singleton um, back there, who's a, a blue chip guy who showed some flashes in limited um, duty this past season. And you got Jalen Lucas, uh, the transfer from Indiana, who's a kind of a gadget guy. If they can, you know, get him in space uh, against linebackers on coverage or you know on jet sweeps or things like that. Uh, really fast guy that can um, that can do some damage. So you're, you're you know you sh- you're set at running back. Tight end wise, you have Kyle Morlock, who is probably an upgrade over what you had in Cameron McDonald. You got Landon Thomas. Uh, coming in as the, the top tight end in the country. He's a freshman, so you, I don't know how much you're going to get from him. But you still have Jarrell Powers, who is, what, in his junior year now, I think it is, or Richard's sophomore year. Um, you still have Jackson West on the team, who played a, quite a bit more um, towards the end of this past season. Maybe he you know, he puts, puts it together as a blocker, um, so to speak. So, um Comparing the tight end room now to what you had going into 2022, I still think you're in a, an overall better position talent-wise. While receiver-wise, man, okay. So you have – let's look at it here. The thing with a wide receiver is you're very young at that position, but you have um, – the talent you have in this room is, is, is top tier, right? So let's look at it here. Obviously, you're going to have Kentron Portier returning, Darian Williamson's returning with, uh, he signed with the Battles in also. Destin Hill, uh, going to be in his second year. Hakeem Williams, going to be in his second year. And Drevious Jacobs, going to be in his second year. Uh, all of those guys are former blue chip guys. Um, I'm talking about the latter guys I'm talking about there. Now, 
when we when we um obviously you got Jakai Douglas also who's a, a nightmare in the in the slot for um opposing defenses, right? So when you look at what FSU's gotten from the portal uh at wide receiver, you got Jalen Brown and Malik Benson. Jalen Brown is one of the top wide receivers coming out this past season. Um, Goldie Lawrence hit the transfer portal. So basically, basically you traded a three-star for uh, a former, uh, I think Jalen Brown was number 68 overall in this recruiting class. Um, both have the same amount of uh, years remaining as far as eligibility. So that's just like a swap, swap out three-star uh, blue chip, right? Jalen Brown was a 10-6, or he ran a 10-6, 100 meters coming out of high school. Malik Benson runs a 10-4, uh, 100 meters coming out of high school. And I don't expect much from Jalen Brown. I mean, he'll he'll probably have a role, but I don't think he'll be just a go-to, go-to guy. Uh, but Malik Benson uh, played at Alabama this past season, had 13 catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. But he had Jalen Milrose as his quarterback. So you kind of got to – grade that a little bit differently. Uh, you know, Alabama just not going to just throw it all around the yard and, you know, target their playmakers and all that good stuff with Milrose. Um, you saw what he was uh, in the semifinals. So I'm kind of going to grade Benson on the curve. But as far as potential, you got Benson, you got Hakeem Williams, Destin Hill, Ja'Kai Douglas. Um, and when we're talking about uh, players coming in and not having a ton of production. I mentioned Johnny Wilson having a season high of 12 catches before he came to FSU, got FSU in his first season. He, he should have had 50 plus catches, but, you know, I think he, he wound up by like 48 catches for 897 yards and five touchdowns. He should have had 50 plus catches and a thousand yards receiving uh, in 2022, but he had a lot of drops, right? So the staff has proven Micah, Micah Pittman, he had 30 some, um, you know, he had 30 some, um, catches and I forgot how many, let me see, how many yards he had in 2022. Uh, Michael Pittman had 32, yeah, 32 receptions, 330 yards and three touchdowns. And the season before that, Micah had uh, 12 receptions. So they doubled Michael Pittman's production. You know, they tripled Johnny Wilson's production. Right. So I expect uh, in year two with Williams, um, Destin Hill, you know, if these guys can stay healthy, um, you got Ja'Kai Douglas and, you know, Benson, all these guys, and you got DJU has a cannon for an arm. You know, they're going to look to stretch the field vertically, which should open up a lot of stuff underneath. It's going to open up the run game. You got a quarterback that can run. Um, yeah, that's. Think about it that way. So offensive line-wise, you got um, four of your starters from last year returning. Was it Darius Washington, um, Mari Smith, Robert Scott, Keandre Jones? Your young guys like uh, Jalen Early and Julian Armella should be able to contribute. Um, they'll probably look to get you know one or two guys from um, the transfer portal, um, an interior guy and an exterior guy. So on offense, I mean, on offense, you shouldn't really – you may have a better offense in 2024 than you did in 2023. 
because FSU's offense last year, for whatever reason, you know, Jordan wasn't running as much. Um, early in the year, for whatever reason, they were really, really dependent upon just a lot of 50-50 balls, it seems like. Um, the offense was just stagnant. It wasn't the same offense that we saw in 2022 when you had uh, you know, Michael Pittman kind of just opening things up underneath and things like that. So uh, I think we'll see more of a – more of an efficient offense and, and probably um, an, an explosive offense. All right. So let's move, let's move over to defense. So we talked about what, you know, what we had on, on defense. You had unproven guys at defensive end. You'd had little to no depth at defensive tackle. You had little to no experience or proven guys in the secondary. You had Kalen Deloach at linebacker and you had Tatum Bethune who came over from UCF. Okay. Now, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and talk about linebacker first. Linebacker, you definitely got to get some help from the portal. Um, Omar Graham Jr., you know, he could, you know, he could take a, a step this coming year. He was a redshirt freshman this past year. Also heard he was hurt most of the year. So I don't know if you know, man, but, you know, if you're hurt, man, that really, that really affects, you know, how well you play. Um, I know when I was in college playing baseball, you know, you had some nagging injuries. It, it affects you in a lot of ways you don't think about if you don't play the game. So um, we'll see what he does. Um, Nicholson, you know, a lot of people expected him to contribute this season. I didn't think that was going to be the case. It's, it's really hard. Linebacker, similar to wide receiver, is a really tough transition for freshmen. And so just because a guy's highly rated does not mean he's going to just jump in and just you know becoming you know sixty tackle guy automatically. It just it's not a video game, guys. Um, and plus, um, Nicholson didn't play a ton of linebacker when he was in high school. So a lot of people were, before the season were saying, you know, oh, by the end of the year he should be a contributor and all that. I mean, no. Uh, but you know he'll have this off season to continue working and, and to get better. You got Justin Cryer, you got Demarco Ward, and you got. Couple of freshmen coming in, so you got bodies at the position. You're just really young, and you got to get some help from the portal. So aside from linebacker, though, aside from linebacker, defense is defense is going to still be a problem, I think, and, and I mean that in a good way, right? So when you look at when you look at we're talking about the defensive end, defensive end position, and by the time you see this. It may, it may be old and, you know, we may have already announced a commitment or something. But FSU has Patrick Payton returning, Byron Turner re returning. They got Marvin Jones Jr. from the transfer portal. So that's three guys with experience. That's more – now, you may not have the – you may not have a, a ceiling in, you know, that you had, but you got more – proven guys, more experienced guys than you had in 2022 at defensive end. Plus, if you get, um, which looks like FSU trending for the West Virginia uh, defensive end, if you get him, and I think they're looking at uh, Zion Young, the Michigan State defensive end, and then there's Oregon State defensive end. If they get two of three of those guys, you're going to be, it's going to be an upgrade overall compared to what you had in 2022. Defensive tackle. You're going to have Joshua Farmer. And again, this is all contingent upon, you know, guys staying and not entering the portal and all this stuff. Joshua Farmer, 
Daryl Jackson, uh, Malcolm Ray left and went to Rutgers, but you basically replace him with Grady Kelly. Grady Kelly has two years of eligibility remaining, so that helps with your depth. You got Daniel Lyons, you got KJ Sampson. Um, you saw that KJ Sampson just uh, signed with the Battles and also. Um, so you, you have depth there. Um, you know, Daniel Lyons played quite a bit this past season. Obviously, um, Joshua Farmer was, was one of the top guys when he was in there. Um, Daryl Jackson should be one of the top guys. Obviously, he had to sit out this year until the Orange Bowl. Um, and I, as I mentioned in the other video, I don't want to uh, penalize him for that performance. I mean, he hadn't played all year in a real game. So, um, But your your top two, two guys and then your two rotational pieces in there, should be should be one of the better units uh, in the uh, ACC, right? Um, it's, it's definitely more depth uh, than what you had going into the 2022 season, all right? And then when we talk about when we talk about um, the secondary, when we talk about the secondary, you got Az Thomas, and you know he's going into his junior year. He should be one of the top corners in the country or in the ACC at least. You have um, uh, Fincho Cypress, who's solid. You have Shaheen Brown at safety. You have Conrad Hussey, who played a lot as a freshman. You know, had made made some mistakes, but also flashed here and there. Uh, just got to work on you know better angles and not running beside guys for ten yards before he decides to make a tackle. And but then you have you have a ton a ton of young talent um, that that could um, that could be a player for you. Okay, um, so you have from the twenty twenty three class you have uh, Quindarius Jones who just signed the battles in. You have um, KJ Kirkland who could play safety who got hurt. I think he got hurt in the Southern Miss game, so he was hurt most of the year this past year. Didn't get to play much. They're bringing in. Um, Devontae uh, Brown, they brought in Devontae Brown from Miami. And a lot of people don't like that take. And he could be a PWO from what I've heard, but I don't know if that's true. But Patrick Sertan likes him, coached him in my high school. I look at it this way. Um, he can't be any worse than three. And it probably it's probably more of an indictment on Miami's coaching staff than the young man. The young man bought out of UCF, went to Miami, like a lot of other players have done, and, you know, they fall off like Big Mac toppings. Um, I don't mind the take if that's who um, Sertan wants. So he he at least brings you experience at the safety position because that's where he's going to play. Uh, then you also have Earl Little Jr., who basically, basically could play corner, he could play nickel, he could play safety, um, sounds like he's going to play nickel, which would basically replace Jerry and Jones. Uh, and um, then you have, you know, all of the all of the young talent, you know, Charles Lester, Kai Bates, um, Jamari Howard, all those guys coming in as freshmen to compete, along with all of the guys they brought in last year. So when you look at when you look at this team, you know, overall. This team is more talented. You know, the floor of this team is more talented um, at this point than they were going into 2022. 
Um, I think overall you have more you have more proven players. You have depending on you know who else they have from from the portal, you're going to have more experience at certain positions um, aside from linebacker. And um, you know, looking at the schedule, I know a lot of people think the schedule is you know, going to be difficult or more difficult or whatever. And I don't. Again, it just depends on what other teams do, um, but. The way the way Mike Novell goes about constructing this roster, um, he clearly has a vision of what he wants to do, and um, I think I think people are going to be, I think people are going to be surprised at what FSU does. I'm seeing FSU at you know number twenty, uh, number twenty three, um, in the uh, way too early twenty five, um, top twenty five rankings and. Listen, again, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if there's um, not that big of a drop off from this past season. Um, I know, I know, rival fans are uh, hoping and praying for that. Um, you, you're probably, you may have, you know, depending on what they do at linebacker, you're probably going to have a little bit of a drop off um, at, at on defense, but. You know, if the offense can pick it, because often, I mean, look, the defense, if it wasn't for the defense, we wouldn't have gone 13 0 this past season. No question about it. Um, and I said, I said that, I said, I said this team would carry as far as the offense went. And ultimately, you know, that's what the, the committee, that's what the committee used to keep FSU out of the uh, college football playoff. <laughs> Ironically, we saw that in the playoffs, quarterback play didn't mean much at all. Um, so, you know, eat on that college fraud invitational. But, you know, if the offense can pick it up a little bit and and keep, you know, make it so that the defense doesn't have to play at a at you know, such a high level every game, you know, if they can go out there and, and, and not go, you know, two two and a half quarters and, and of lulls without putting up points. Listen, I see no reason why FSU can't compete for the ACC title again and be one of the, the 12 teams to make the um, college football playoffs. But again, it's going to depend on who else we get from the portal. Um, like I said, we still need to hit, um, like a, again, defensive end. By the time you see this again, it, you know, it, it, you know, something may have already dropped, but defensive end, um, interior and, uh, and tackle at offensive line, two linebackers at least. And, what else? I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, linebacker, offensive, uh, offensive lineman, defensive end. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Everything else is kind of uh, not necessarily a necessity. Um, now, if they could go out there and get another defensive tackle or something that that was like a difference maker, then hey, you definitely take them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you look at when you look at the roster overall, I feel feel very confident about what you know this team will do in 2024, and you know it's cool too because when you look at when you, the 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 temperature around the program in December, it felt like you know obviously you know you won the ACC, then 12 hours later you got snubbed, then you had you know, early signing day, you know losing you know a couple high ranked recruits, which again I want to I want to have an episode solely on transfer portal. Compared to high school high school recruiting, 
how how these so-called recruiting experts don't understand how the game has changed is beyond me. But anyway, uh, you know, just kind of the overall blah feel with um, early signing day uh, from the fan base. And then obviously, you know, the Orange Bowl, guys opting out, and just everybody piling on FSU. Um, I feel like, you know, the way the, the playoffs played out with Alabama losing, Texas losing, and the quarterbacks, you know, playing like trash in the playoffs, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that kind of, you know, gave us a little bit of, you know, we can put, put my chest out a little bit. <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, you know, now we've gotten some momentum on the trail from the transfer portal. I feel like um, we're ready to put put all that negative stuff behind us and start building for 2024. But it looks like my voice held out just long enough for me to make it to the, the end of this. So I'm going to go ahead and cut this here. But um, I appreciate you guys' support. I'll make sure you like, subscribe, turn notifications on. And um, we'll see who else we get in the portal in the next few days. And uh, we'll be um, in touch with you guys probably before the end of the week to uh, discuss that. Um, until then, go notes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.